episode 135. Wow, 135. The Wrestling Insomniac Podcast. My name is Mike. Joining me today is Paul. I, am, I feel very privileged to be on this groundbreaking episode. You know why there's 135? Why? If you go on the Nerdy Legion, it says 93. That's a lie. It is, because uh, I retconned the, the podcast here uh, when I retitled it from Podcast of a Thousand Holds to the Wrestling Insomniac Podcast. And... Um, because that's my blog, The Wrestling Insomniac. You're familiar with it. I know you don't read it, Cousin Paul. I do sometimes. It should be every time. Every yeah. time a new post goes you up. You text me a link. I'll read it then. I, I have to text you a link? You should. I, I post it on Twitter. I post it on Facebook. I should be privileged. I post I get it plenty of directly. links. Deliver it to my doorstep. I post plenty of links. Anywho, the original uh, wrestling podcast on the Nerdy Legion was called Off the Ropes. And I, I was on that show. You were. Uh, from like episode five on. Yeah, I had the wherewithal to uh, bring somebody to the show that had knowledge and eventually you replaced everybody else. I did. I did. I'm the only one left. <laughs> um, and then uh, that um, that uh, became uh, Off the Ropes. And uh, so Off the Ropes became Podcast of Thousand Holds. And now Podcast of Thousand Holds has become Wrestling Somniac. So I have gone... And much like comic books, renumbered my podcasting on all the way back to episode one of Off the Ropes and, and, and Legacy Numbering one thirty five. Absolutely, absolutely, Jesus! Just <laughs> finished a sixteen hour shift. I'm a little tired. Anyway, so this is episode one hundred thirty five of the Wrestling Insomniac Podcast. We are recording on uh, Tuesday morning, the twenty ninth of yeah. November. Uh, funny, I was looking at my. My Facebook, uh, like, uh, on this day or memories or whatever. And apparently seven years ago today I posted, on this day I first met Paul Tessinier. Uh Watching the Royal Rumble, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, we had spoken on the phone. But that was the first time we'd ever met in person. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when I showed up to your house, you're like, come in and look at my wrestling cards. Pretty much. Maybe that was the first time. Uh, look at my wrestling stuff. Well, it was like the same way we first ever talked on the phone, which we had... Message a little bit on Facebook, and then I believe you were texting me or, or Facebook messaging me some questions about, I don't know what now. Uh, I do remember I was in the car, John was driving, and we stopped at JNS and Farmer to get gas. And I was just like, I can't text all this. Just call me, and I gave you my number. And it wasn't like, oh, hey, I'm Mike. Oh, hey, I'm Paul. I was like, you the phone, and I went, hello? Hey, anyways, da 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 we just skip the awkwardness, go right to the wrestling. Pretty much. That's that's the beauty about wrestling. We were chatting last night, and I had made the comment about how I love this wrestling community I've built around me. And it's because I have, like, my wrestling friends that I've met from going to shows here locally in Maine. I have my wrestling friends I've met online from the podcast or, or just in different groups online. You know, like, you know, locally it's like Mikey and, and Roy and... And I was too numerous, really, to count of people that go to Limitless Wrestling, you know, and, and your family, uh, actual family, technic kind of. Through two marriages. <laughs> but it works. And uh, and then I have, like, you know, Ronnie and Aaron that I've met. And then I have, like, uh, a bunch of people on, not a bunch, I have a, a few, quite a few people on Twitter, like, you know, Armand and Michael Moore and, and the guy that runs Joshi City and different things about my trading cards. And I have different people I talk to about this wrestling and Bradford and and other people I talk to about other wrestling. And, and you know, it's uh, I, I just I love this little wrestling community sort of built around myself. And sometimes I think I overextend myself. Uh, that could happen. I know that feeling. But uh, it's 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 fun. And there's little niche groups. Like this is my trading card friends. This is my New Japan friends. This is my local main shows friends. This is my. It's nice. It's good to have different people to talk to that it's are really nice. into the specific thing you want to talk about. Yes. So what I do is I just have you. So I have one person to go to. Right. I try talking to other people, and a couple of them turn pretty bitter about wrestling. And uh, some other ones uh, stop talking to me because apparently they didn't like me joking like they joked. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Whatever. Fair enough. I got you. 
Exactly. Talk about wrestling. And this weekend, so I, I asked you about recording because this weekend is the best weekend of WWE wrestling. I'll qualify it like that because it needs it um, that I can remember. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago when we recorded, we pretty much talked nothing uh, except, well, we talked about the, the Blackpool takeover. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about progress wrestling. Yep. Uh, last week, I just <laughs> talked about New Japan Pro Wrestling pretty much exclusively. Didn't really talk much about WWE. I mean, I think I gave my. Royal Rumble and TakeOver predictions, but I actually wasn't that excited about Royal Rumble at all. And TakeOver, I was looking forward to. Um, but, like, you, I have to agree with you, this weekend of WWE, WWE wrestling was pretty fantastic. And then also, like, there was a, a good weekend of New Japan Pro Wrestling with some uh, New Beginning shows. To, awesome. The Road to New Beginning, they had a couple of shows that I've, I've watched. So, um yeah, it was a good wrestling weekend. And that was another thing I noticed in my, like, flashback. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. I posted something very similar, you know, uh, a blog post, I think it was, about uh, TakeOver, Royal Rumble, uh, indie show I watched, uh, you know, the New Japan shows. I love me some wrestling. Yeah, you know, the last couple of years, Royal Rumble, like, I, I think this year's Royal Rumble show all around was better than last year. But last year, the two Rumbles, you could, I couldn't have asked for better results in that. I thought last year's men's Royal Rumble match was awesome. It was better Best than one this year's in years. Yeah. Best one in years, beginning to end. And I think the women's Royal Rumble match this year was stronger because last year it was about, it was the first one, so there's a ton of nostalgia. They brought back all those classic women wrestlers to bring into it to like basically be like, this is where we are now, and these girls paved the way to get us here, so we're going to give them a nod, give them some respect, and have them come into the show. Whereas this year, uh, other than the um, NXT entrance that they had, there was there was no legends. Yeah. The no only, women legends, no no nothing. The only real gimmick spot in the match at all was uh, um, Zelina hiding under the ring, and then... Uh, Hornswoggle coming out, yeah. And that made me laugh. Like, that actually when he stuck his head laugh. out, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was absolutely hilarious. And incidentally, if you are listening to this, I was just noting that, noticing that uh, Hornswoggle posted on Twitter some open dates he has in March he's not booked. One of them is St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> How the leprechaun isn't booked on St. Patrick's Day, I'll never know. As a matter of fact, it was a couple years ago, I went to a Limitless Wrestling show on St. Patrick's Day, and Hornswoggle was a surprise, unannounced, unadvertised person that was there in a match. He answered an open challenge. And I remember asking Randy about it, like, geez, how far in advance did you book him? And he's like, actually, I found out a couple of days ago he was available. <laughs> I was like, how was the leprechaun not booked on St. Patrick's Day? People just don't appreciate leprechauns enough these days. <sighs> Anyhow, I'm a bit tired, so I'll probably ramble. And you'll hear me drinking my, my soda. Let's just start with NXT TakeOver. Sounds good to me. NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Uh, January 26th, live from the Talking Stick Resort Arena. What a dumb name (laughs) for a venue. Uh, I don't know if it was a sellout or not. I don't care. Uh, I really enjoyed this show top to bottom. Yep. Um, We got, uh, I don't know, a pretty fantastic opening tag team match of the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe, defeating the Undisputed Era of Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong for the NXT Tag Team Championships in about 17 minutes. Yeah, I thought that was a great match. I love War Raiders, and, I mean, Undisputed Era is great to watch always, too, but, you know, they, you got to lose sometime, otherwise it gets to be less interesting because you know yeah. no matter what, they're going to kind of overcome the odds. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, they've, they've survived war Raiders before when, uh, Bobby fish returned from injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course they had the great war games match, uh, that was obviously more than just them, but, right. uh, it, it was a great match. I thought it was well done where it wasn't just war Raiders crushing them. You know, it was, it was back and forth and, but at the end it was a resounding victory. It wasn't any kind of, you know, right. quick, uh, Quick upset type of deal. Uh, they, they, you know, the War Raiders hit their finish. They got the three count. I mean, yeah, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a small package deal. You're right. It was a, it was a three count in the center of the ring, if you will. You know, a lot of people like to talk about the four horsemen of our generation, and every other group has always been compared to the four horsemen over the years. You know, uh, DX, NWO, um, uh, Evolution, uh, the group in TNA they had. 
started. They, they, they there was a four in it somehow. I can't remember the name of it now. <laughs> Apologize, but um, but they always try to compare to you know this generation's four horsemen and blah blah. blah. It's, I can't say I've ever seen another group that I would even compare to the Four Horsemen or think is as good as the Four Horsemen. Because for me, the Four Horsemen were four top guys that could go in every level and every match and go out there and put on a great match with anyone. And they bump their asses off and they bump their asses, uh, work their asses off, I mean. And and they they draw a great match from everyone. And, And when you had... Barry Windham and Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard and Ric Flair, the greatest version of the Four Horsemen of my book, that's what you had those four guys doing. And that's the Undisputed Era. Mm-hmm. All four of those guys can work their asses off. All four of those guys can go in the ring and are innovative. And, I mean, I, I could just sit and watch their tag matches or, or singles matches all day. Yeah. Yeah, all of them are good. It doesn't matter who they wrestle. Uh, they make it believable going against big guys like War Raiders uh, that, yeah, I mean, you watch it and you you don't feel like you more often than not do. Like, we don't even talk in depth about the match, but Finn Balor against uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Huge underdog. Like, you're, you don't go into that thinking, oh, yeah, Finn, Finn can take him apart. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's an even opportunity here. Like, you go in thinking Finn has a 1% chance, you know? Yep. Bobby Fish, uh, uh, any of the, the Undisputed Era guys against any of the, the War Raider guys. And the War Raider guys are or, big. Or AOP guys. or any yeah. of the bigger guys. And you, you watch that and you go like, all right, I, I don't feel confident that the big guys got the upper hand here, you know? Well, and that's the thing. is like maybe the War Raiders at first were, were, were tossing these guys around. They were bumping around like crazy and take a beating. But then they, they managed to come back. They get an opening. And then they break the bigger guy down slowly. Mm-hmm. Like with Bobby uh, Bobby Fish, uh, with Kyle O'Reilly and his proficiency with his punches and kicks and his striking and what he does, it's believable. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they break these guys down. And it, it, it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely really fantastic. And, and Roderick Strong and Kyle Wright together is a tremendous tag team. And I, I this I actually think this is probably my favorite match of the night. Yeah, it's close between this and one other one. But uh, I don't think that the headlining match was the, the number one match in no. my book, even though it was a good match. Right. This one, this is one of those shows where I think uh, three matches could have been the headlining match. Yeah. I mean, I know why the, the one that headlined did oh, it made yeah. more sense like in the flow of things but it, it, traditionally the championship uh, headlines you know i mean that's what's great about nxt is it's not about traditional i mean traditionally right. women wrestling has hardly any role and right wrestling has headlined a ton in nxt and yep. now we're seeing it happen in uh the the big events the maybe big interviews um matt riddle defeated catcher soda by submission in a singles match i really think ono needed a win here to keep this feud going yeah, I think the feud's over. It's got to be. Uh, this makes me scratch my head about what Ono's doing, and I almost feel like he's... I mean, I don't know if he's doing stuff behind the scenes or not, but he feels like a guy who you don't know is, but is really a behind-the-scenes developmental guy oh. and wrestles, but always puts guys over. Like, yeah. uh, um... Like Matt what, Bloom, you like, know I mean? Well, like Regal did. Yeah, Regal. Here, his end of his run, WWE, and... And kind of like a lot of guys end up doing near the ends of their run, like when Tony Gurria was still wrestling. But but Cassiano can go on a, a bigger level than than like Gurria could, and some of those other guys. Um, yeah, I feel like he has just resigned himself to his role that he's the guy that gets over other guys. Yeah, and have can have great matches with them and and be believable in it. Yeah. Um, Johnny Gargano defeated Ricochet to win the North American Championship in 24 minutes, roughly. Um, I enjoyed this match. Yeah, this is the match that I I think this one was number one for me, but it's definitely close with the tag match. Yeah, yeah, I, I I can't disagree with you on there. Uh, seeing Gargano get the win for the for the title was pretty awesome. You know, see him see him have a singles title around his waist because mm-hmm. uh, I'm yeah I like Johnny Gargano. Ricochet is just awesome. Yeah, it, this was a. a it was a, a good and a bad thing to have where you wanted both guys to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a plus to like, have somebody to strongly root for, but yeah. sometimes it's like, okay, I don't want Ricochet to lose. He, it's not like, I mean, he hasn't had the title forever. Right. Uh, I don't want Gargano to lose. I mean, partially, too, because he's lost too much on takeovers. Yeah. But uh, the match was just great. Gargano definitely deserved to get his singles title. And, uh, man, you saw how over Gargano was. Oh. I mean. 
heel or not. And he's supposed to be the bad guy. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you see these guys out there making themselves. I mean, I've shared with you before, and I probably talked about it on this podcast before about how Gargano, he didn't impress me at first because yep. when it was just watching him wrestle, it's like he's good, but, but what's drawing me in? But the split with DIY is what, it, just to see where he and Chapa both have gone from that point is amazing. Like the the biggest joke is when a, a successful tag team and DIY was for all intents and purposes a successful tag team. Yeah, they were champs. When a successful tag team breaks up, who's going to become the Marty J? Who's going to become the Shawn Michaels? <laughs> and in this case, uh, you're still too close to call. <laughs> they both have singles gold right now, if you will. They're they're both the Shawn Michaels, probably because yeah. neither one of them are uh, are uh, as much of a screw up as Janetti was yeah. apparently <laughs> behind the scenes. Um, excuse me. Uh, Shauna Baszler defeated Bianca Belair by referee stoppage in 15 and a half minutes to retain the NXT Women's Championships. I actually think this was a bad match. It was a solid match. I think think, uh, Baszler's friends there doing the run-in. I can't remember their names, and I don't care about it. I thought that was I, that just takes away from it. It was unnecessarily unnecessary and tiresome. Like the only thing that it adds is making Bianca Belair come out looking a little bit stronger because she yeah. had the chance to win, but there was an interruption. Yeah. But then also when she was going for the finish again, why didn't they? It's like she threw him out of the ring once, and what they just like happily left. What? Yeah. The my biggest problem with this match, um, and it was what made made it take longer for me to start to like Bel Air is her hair was in the way there were, she, she could move around the ring, but she had to manage her hair and it made some of this stuff look awkward because she couldn't move freely because of her. I, I think, hair flopping I think down the line, you know, her losing a hair versus hair match. Whew. But yeah, I agree with you saying, I noticed that a lot as well as like, you know, she's, her hair is a cool gimmick. The way it's so long, the way she whips people with it. I mean, like, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, no doubt about it. However, it does seem to kind of get in the way. Yeah, and she should. This is the first match I've seen her where yeah. she's really had to go. Yeah. She, she, she was able to, but then she was hindered by the hair. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think of when you see uh, back when, uh, you know, women's wrestling was different. It was a lot more about appearance, and you'd have wrestlers that were really trying to. Yeah look as enticing as possible and they would have to like be careful of their their outfit the whole match and were hindered by it it was yeah it's like not good they're too worried about their boobs popping out exactly yeah and just wearing something that's appropriate to wrestle in yeah and so i mean this it just it to me it did get in the way of the match seeing her have to like favor that while doing i mean she 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 showed she could wrestle it was a great match i thought her performance in it was great too and uh when she got frustrated and kind of threw a tantrum in the ring. I thought that was great. Cause it's like, she hasn't been challenged to that level right. when it was showing it. Right. Um, yeah. It, it, I think the, the one other thing that hindered this match a little bit for me was I'm getting tired of Basler. Like, and yeah, the interference is like, I like that she is convincing that she's that fierce and vicious, but uh, this is the first time, like I feel like she was kind of tested to a higher level. But then the run-in kind of disrupted that. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I mean, I'm not sure I was ready for Bianca Belair to be champion, but I don't really care if Baszler's champion anymore. Uh, I mean, the match itself was great. Yeah. I'm curious who they're going to build the next challenger to be for Baszler. Is it going to be Io Shirai? Is it going to be somebody else? I mean, they've got right now, they got Kari Sane and Io Shirai tagging, and it's almost like with the new women's tag team titles coming into the picture – uh, I mean, the Elimination Chamber match is going to feature three SmackDown teams and three Raw teams. I I personally think it should feature two SmackDown, two Raw, and two NXT teams. That'd be pretty cool, and it'd be a, a way to have the different brands cross over. That yeah. is, you know, we talked before about um, it's not looked at, by Triple H's perspective at least, as being the minor leagues and the major leagues. Yeah. It's, they're all different brands. So having a title that crosses the brands would make that a lot more convincing. It absolutely would, yeah. Mm-hmm. And add a dynamic. I mean, seeing NXT stars show up at Raw slash SmackDown pay-per-views would be – you'd be able to throw a lot more unexpected than just at the Royal Rumble. It was like last night um, 
you know, Pete Dunne made a surprise entrance to the Royal Rumble. I popped big time for that. Yeah, I did not expect that. I didn't all. see it either. He came out. I wish he would have had his belt, but he came out. Um, he didn't eliminate anybody, but he was in there for several minutes, and he showed people what he could do. And yeah, you know, I mean, I I loved it. I thought it was great. I was really happy to see him there. And, <clears throat> um, Ron Funches had posted on Twitter like that they need to get that UK title off off Pete Dunne and get him on SmackDown or Raw every week. And I'm like, hell no. no Why? Don't end his run now just to bring him up there to be a, like, you know, secondary talent. Yeah. Ridiculous. And I'm not saying he wouldn't deserve to be a main event guy up there, but it's just, no, it's not going to happen right now. Yeah. I mean, in Raw, where would he go? And in right. SmackDown, there's enough guys at the top right now. Right. So... Uh, and then the main event, Tommaso Ciampa defeated Aleister Black to retain the NXT Championship in 26 and a half minutes. I thought this was a good match. That was a solid match. It was a good championship match, good main event. These guys worked really, really well together. Not the match of the night for me, but with the matches that we had, this would have been match of the night on, on any normal card. But when you put it up against Gargano against Ricochet and then the War Raiders against Undisputed Era... Had some really stiff competition. Yeah, that's the thing with NXT is there's so many great stories and, yep. and emotion. <clears throat> excuse me, emotion in the matches. Yep. That this one had the had the least emotion, and I think if I had wanted, Black, I mean, and I, it's not that I didn't want Black to win, but I think if I was really pulling for Black to win, I might have uh, been a little more hyped up for the match. But yep. I don't want Chapa to lose the title. Like what he's doing is is great. So. Um, and I, I, I love Alistair Black too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's great. And they did put on a great match and I love seeing him in the rumble too. Yeah. Uh, I thought he even had a better showing than done. Like he went in there and kicked the crap out of some people. He did. He, I think he even eliminated, um, Dean Ambrose, Yeah, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit too. Yeah. And, um, also Johnny Gargano was in the rumble match. That was that, awesome. He was, he was excellent. there quite a he while. He was in there yeah. quite a long time and he was excellent in the rumble. And that I don't pop think he too. Either. He got a big pop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he eliminated anybody either. No. Nah. Um, after, before the show went off the air, Tommaso went up the ramp and stood there holding his championship and Gargano came out and they stood side by side holding up their titles. That was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And one of the things I like about how they've approached that too is Gargano doesn't look like he's the, the second banana in this no. scenario. You know, he went out there and I also like that they're not showcasing the North American title is a way that makes it feel second place. No, and that, the other thing I noticed, too, is they're not calling it – it says NXT on the belt. But when I was listening last night, um, I didn't hear – or two Saturday night, I didn't hear Mauro Ronaldo once refer to it as the NXT North American Championship. It was always called just the North American Championship. There was no – brand associated with it i know it says nxt on the belt physically but they didn't say it once and then if i remember correctly when johnny gargano came out michael cole even called him the north american champion yep you know like oh johnny gargano from nxt you know the north american championship he just won last night da, da, da. but he didn't call it wwe he didn't call it nxt he just called it the north american championship so it's kind of like okay it's kind of interesting they're not they, Again, both shows, it seemed like they made a point not to uh, brand specify it. Yeah, I think that is, I mean, maybe it's just reading into it, but uh, if they're opening be. the door for titles moving between not just Raw and SmackDown, because, yep. I mean, they've done that before. It's like what the IC belt is a Raw title right now, and, and you know, they always have the dichotomy. Yeah. yeah, but it's possible for them to change sides. They've yep. always presented that with those, like the, the main championships don't. Yeah. But uh, wouldn't it be cool if one of the NXT guys showed up to an open challenge from whoever the heck is, I, I don't know, Bobby Lashley's IC champion? Yeah. He's probably not going to do open challenges. I wouldn't really fit his character too much. But when they do that type yeah. of thing, if an NXT guy showed up and won the belt and took it off of oh, yeah. Raw or SmackDown to NXT, NXT or yeah. you know, that, I mean, that'd be awesome. Well, it's like right now, like they call uh, Pete Dunne, he's the WWE United Kingdom champion. Mm-hmm. My curiosity is once he loses the title... At some point, a couple of years from now, let's just say. Yeah, once he's had it for like five, six years. Yeah. Are they going to rebrand the title the NXT UK Championship? Because the women's title is the NXT UK Women's Championship. The tag titles are NXT UK Tag Team Championship. And then when the New Day had the Raw, had the tag team titles, they were just the WWE Tag Team title champions. And then when they lost the titles, 
Then they called them the Raw Tag Team Champions. But prior to that, they were the WWE Tag Team Champions. So while New Day was champ, they didn't rebrand the title because of the the title run that they were on. They wanted to beat that demolition record first. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's what's going to happen. I could see it go either way. Yeah. Now, I, I, you know, the argument I was going to make for them keeping it this way, it would be an argument also for changing it. So I'm not even going to state it. But, uh, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what they do. But ultimately, hopefully, we just don't find out for a long, long time. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, post-show, they showed it on WWE.com exclusive. Uh, we had Adam Cole came out. Oh, no, Velveteen Dream came out to confront Gargano and Champa, and that brought Adam Cole out, and that brought Alistair Black up from the ring, and then that brought Ricochet out. And then you had Adam Cole, uh, Gargano, and Champa on one side, and, and Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, and um, Alistair Black on the other. And they just kind of big brawl outside, brawl, brawl out back, and, and on and on. That's led to the first ever, well, the first time in 20 years, halftime heat. This Sunday, during the Super Bowl, airing live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, WWE Network. I mean, you cannot miss this if you don't want to. It's going to be a six-man tag. I mean, I'll watch it at some point. You're not going to watch Maroon 5 <laughs> at the and Super no, Bowl halftime show? No, most likely, uh, I have to be to work at 11 o'clock that night. So the halftime is when I'll be taking my shower to get ready for work. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that... Uh... Anybody that saw that they were having Maroon 5 at the halftime show probably laughed and thought, okay, what can we do to compete with this? Unless they, you know, they're big Maroon 5 fans. And they were probably like, yeah! I think you mean Maroon 5 fan? Fair enough. I'll pay a bunch of people to be down there in the front row being excited. So as this is Royal Rumble weekend, they've made a weekend out of it, much like they did SummerSlam and like WrestleMania, obviously. But they had this Royal Rumble weekend where um, I was going to call and order some fuel before you got here. And I said, I'll just call when you're done. And the fuel truck just drove by. That's why I just made that face. <laughs> I should have called. They would have probably stopped to deliver. Not that I needed that bad. I, you know, I got 120 gallons in the tank. But anyways, um, so now this is Royal Rumble weekend with access and everything as well. And, and even the Royal Rumble, the pre-show started at 5, the event started at 7, didn't get over to pretty damn near midnight. Yeah, gosh, it was a long show. I mean, that's WrestleMania. WrestleMania's pre-show's at 5, show starts at 7, gets over midnight. But I got to say, this didn't feel like 7 hours. No. Like, this show, I didn't feel like it, like it dragged. Like, granted, I was watching at work, okay? So I was in the middle of doing other things. But I talked to other people that kind of felt the same way, like who just even just watched the Royal Rumble itself. Like it didn't feel like the five hours dragged. Um, so during the Access weekend, they did something, uh, a little something called uh, uh, not when worlds collide, but just called worlds collide. And they taped a tournament, 15 man tournament uh, featuring five wrestlers from NXT, five from NXT UK and five from 205 Live. And on the 26th, they had a 15-man battle royal. The winner would get a bye to the second round, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So they got a you know they got a first round bye and then to go into the second round. And um, they taped the first round on the 26th, and they taped the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals uh, on the 27th. And this all airs next Saturday night, April the second. Wait, February the second on uh, on the WWE Network at 8 p.m. Is a special. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I hadn't heard a word about that until watching uh, Royal Rumble weekend. Um, five guys from NXT were Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Dominic Dijakovic, uh, Keith Lee, and Shane Thorne. Uh, five guys from 205 Live, Cedric Alexander, Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, TJP, and the new uh, Humberto Carrillo. And the five guys from NXT UK, Zach Gibson, Jordan Devlin, Travis Banks, Tyler Bate, and Mark Andrews. Damn. Like, legit, 15 good guys yeah. that I want to see in a tournament. And um, I unfortunately had it spoiled for me, so I know who wins the tournament. <laughs> but I plan on watching it. Um, however, they taped a bunch of other matches during this weekend as well. A bunch of other um, uh, dark matches, if you will. Like, they had uh, Flash Morgan Webster against James Drake. Now, I don't know if we'll ever see this on the shows, but I don't know. Walter Russell, Danny Burch. I would love to see oh, that match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then on the 27th, they had Candice LeRae against uh, 
Zia Lee, uh, Fabian Archer against Liguero, Mia Yim and uh, Tanera Conti against Chelsea Green and Vanessa Bourne, Trent Seven against Gentleman Jack Gallagher, the Coffee Brothers against uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, Walter against Cassius Ono, <laughs> which I've seen before, but I'd love to see again. Yeah. Uh, Zach Gibson and, and, and then Zach Gibson and James Drake, the Grizzled Young Vets, the NXT UK Tag Champs against uh, Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. Oh, man. Okay, I want to see those dark matches as a uh, show, right? Yeah, I bet, I bet we'll see those come to light. Those are too good. I mean, there's some great friggin' matches. And if you want to get into it more, I mean, I mean, do you want me to tell you the first-round matches? you want to be surprised? You can tell me the matches. Okay. Uh, well, Jordan Devlin got the bye, so I ruined that for you, but whatever. Uh, Drew Gulak against Travis Banks. That I want to see. Uh, Humberto Carrillo against Zach Gibson. Uh, Velveteen Dream against Tony Nese. Adam Cole against Shane Thorne. TJP against Keith Lee. Which I got to see Keith Lee probably beats the piss out of him. Yeah. Um, Mark Andrews against Domin Dijak. And then Tyler Bate against Cedric Alexander. That's a great first round. That is. Yeah. I, I'm most excited about the Tyler Bate one. Oh, yeah. Well, I know you're, I know you're a fan. But, I mean, uh, Drew Gulak against Travis Banks should be excellent. Um and then, actually, I'm interested about Velveteen Dream and Tony Nese because Velveteen Dream has been I, – I, he's growing on me. He's growing on me. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to have this tournament to watch Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, some of the stuff that we're getting is great. It just, like, surprises out of nowhere. Yeah. Getting content that's better than some of the stuff that we know is coming, you know, the, the pay-per-views and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Royal Rumble, let's, let's, let's talk about it. All right, so first of all, the pre-show, I, I turned it on probably like 5.20 or 5.30. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know it was supposed to be on yet, but I was just getting my TV on and stuff because we had just gotten home, and it was on. And it was uh, – so I caught the very end of the tag match. Okay, so that was the worst match of the day. It was, but you know what? I still got to see Bobby Roode, yeah. and I like Chad Gables too, and uh, Dawson from The Revival – and they had a fourth guy there, too. I don't know who it was. Razor. I don't know, if, I don't know who it was. Uh, so it was supposed to be AOP against Gable and, and Brood for the tag titles. Uh-huh. And then one half of AOP was injured. They should have just put the Revival in there. They should have. That would have been a better match. But the Revival are, you know, they should have just put the Revival in there. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion there. But real, let's, let's take a step back. This was at Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. They had 48,193 people there. And this is a baseball diamond. Unlike yep. a lot of their dome games or in football stadiums, this is a baseball diamond. So two things straight away. You can definitely tell the different shape of the building. Which I enjoyed. I loved. Uh, the set was so minimal. I loved it. I liked that, too. They didn't have all the banners hanging, which I'm sure they couldn't. They had the big, like, the, the WrestleMania sign wasn't hanging. They just had it up on the, uh, like, up on a Tron, if you will. But the entranceway, it looks like they're coming out of the dugout. Uh-huh. Which is old school, like when you watch the old like stadium shows at like Shea Stadium, the wrestlers came out of the dugouts and stuff. But they just had small screens. They had the big screen in the middle all the way around. Like, you know, they had their their, their lighting rig and then they had suspended like four big screens so all four sides could see it. Like know. a jumbotron. Like jumbotrons, yeah. But then the entranceway was minimal. Like the screens were only like three feet tall. Yeah. And they kind of had three of them, and they put the you know their their person's name on it, if you will. Because if you notice, they don't really do Titantrons anymore. They don't have video packages as much as they may just have like their name flashing repeatedly or different designs of that. But they don't show all the clips from the matches like they used to. No, yeah. Excuse me. Um, so I loved how minimal the entrance was. I love that the entranceway had a curve in it for whatever reason. Yeah. It was, I just love the fact they had to walk down and then bang a left to get to the ring. I don't know why. I just did. It was different. It was just the same reason I was talking a yeah. while back about how I liked the NXT UK when, where they did the first uh, handful yeah. of shows because they that was how the entrance was. I just To me, that was a throwback to like when I used to watch WrestleMania or house shows or whatever it is when I was a kid or younger watching on TV because they didn't have the big elaborate setups like they have now, which I think sometimes it's too over the top. Yeah. You know, they had they did do kind of a cool thing, and I'd seen this before, them do this before, maybe at WrestleMania. I think where, it was, yeah. Where they put, like, the graphic on the TV of, like, 
yeah, like the New Day or Becky Lynch or whatever graphic they put on the TV that the people in attendance can't see. Yeah, but it makes big three D objects that yes. they they make it look like it's really there. Yeah, clearly it's not. But yeah, it, it kind of expands the great. And I mean, think of all the money they're saving by yeah. doing that instead of having like actual big setups. And think of all the money they made by having those tickets sold as opposed to blocking out a quarter of the arena yeah. to put up a to put up a big display. And you know, it may be easy to think like, why do we care if they're saving money? Yeah. That money goes into something else. Like right. they're not they're not saving money to to nickel and dime what they can out of the right. show. So that's going to make other things better. I just thought it looked fantastic, and I thought I I want to see them run more baseball stadiums. I want to see more uh, minimalist setups like that. Yeah, you know it's it's easy to not realize it, but yeah. the the venue makes a difference with yeah. wrestling. I mean, they still had the standard barricades that you see at Raw at the at WWE shows. They had the the new LED ring posts. I think are dumb. They had the LED apron, which I kind of think is dumb. Um, Something's a little bit different about the ring posts. I don't know if it's just the wrestlers are using them differently, but they didn't bother me as much this time as they have in the past. probably they're using them differently. But then if you look at the SmackDown show on Saturday night, the uh, that's more that's even like the the ring setup is more of a throwback. I mean, they had the nice entranceway, but like they didn't they just had the jersey bear. They just had the like the metal bike racks, if you will, mm-hmm. around the ring with NXT like um, signs on them, like Ring of Honor does. They had no they had just the ring posts, no LED ring posts. I mean, like it's kind of interesting how you know NXT Takeover has a different visual presentation than say like Raw or SmackDown and the monthly pay-per-views all kind of have the same visual presentation yeah. for a stage and setup. It's all identical. I mean, one of the things I miss the most about pay-per-views is like back in the day, they had all the different like setups, like Backlash had the big swinging hooks or, or whatever it is. And now it's pretty much, because you know, now it's pretty much like a universal setup. And so I just really liked how the stadium looked. I thought it was pretty, pretty awesome. I thought it added to the overall appeal of the show. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. That was a lot to talk about the stadium. Yeah. Uh, second pre-show match. Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Rusev to regain the uh, United States Championship in just about 10 minutes. Yep. So not the greatest match. Just match quality-wise, it was okay. But you know what? Uh, I got to see Shinsuke Nakamura win a championship, and I don't really care what else happened. It could have been uh, a little gimmicky, ended too quickly. Uh, A lot of things about the match, that the match wasn't great. It was just okay. But on a pre-show, I got to see a match with a couple of my favorite guys. Yep. Then I got to see one of my absolute favorites win a championship. And I like Rusev a lot, too. But I love Shinsuke. He's my few guys that I can't say who's my favorite category, you know? Absolutely. Uh, So already, like, I was like, this is is a great pre-show for me. I'm enjoying this. Uh, and then the final match on the pre-show is a fatal four-way for the uh, Cruiserweight Championship as we had Buddy Murphy defending against Akira Tozawa, Hideo Hitami, and Kalisto. That was a fantastic match. That Sammy match is pretty awesome. It. Sammy watched that yeah. with me. I've, I haven't watched wrestling with him before. Uh, oh. He was a little bit littler to yeah. watch around him, but he got a little too wild. Kids do that. Uh, but he was, uh, it was close to his bedtime. It was like, I'm either going to have it on or I'm never going to watch all of this because obviously the show is going to be long. Yeah. So I let him sit in my office and watch this with me while he had his uh, snacks before getting ready for bed. And uh, one of the cool things about watching with him, and I'm sure you have kids, you've seen this, like he loved uh, Kalisto. Yeah. The colorful guy, you know? Um, yeah. The but, kids love the ba- the kids love the luchadors. Yeah. And I mean, just the whole match, like everything that was like somebody getting thrown or yeah. doing flippy stuff, he would crack up. Like he just loved it. So, and this match was just fantastic. I loved it. was it. a great match. Yeah. yeah. Buddy Murphy impresses the hell out of me, especially I'll, after, like, I mean, I got to know him being part of a tag team that I could care less about. Yeah. And now he's, uh, I'm, I care about the cruiserweight title, and I, I haven't before. Even when there's been good champions, I just haven't. Yeah, when TJP was the champ, I didn't care. No. I really didn't. Um, Hideo Itami, I thought, was going to win this match. Yeah. I thought they were finally going to do something with Kenta, you know? But they'd, I actually thought, okay, so when I saw Akira Tazawa come out, because I haven't kept up kept up with 205 Live, Live like I should, I thought he had left the company. And the reason why is because, like, just a couple weeks before this show, he went over in Japan working a show, teaming with uh, uh, Miko Satomura. And I follow Miko Satomura on, on the Twitter and on Instagram, and she had posted some pictures. And I'm like, the fuck's Tazawa doing in Japan, wrestling for an independent company? Mm-hmm. I thought that was odd. I mean, like, I remember last August, 
Um, Kenta went over and wrestled, or, or Hideo Tommy went over and wrestled Mayor Fuji for his you know anniversary tour he was kind of doing. Um, but I remember hearing about that in advance and then being heavily pub- advertised, and then you know the match happened. I don't remember hearing anything about Tazawa going to go work an indie show in Japan, teaming with uh, Satomura, but whatever. Uh, Great competitors in this match, and uh, I also, like, I felt like it got the best out of Kalisto. It wasn't just, uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, the, what are they called, Lucha House Party now? Yeah. They, they obviously, they're stuck in, like, doing these more gimmicky-feeling type matches, you know? It's yeah. the ones that are, like, for the kids, uh, it was good seeing him get to wrestle a match against other guys that weren't competing in that manner. Yep. So you got to see that he is he's good. Good match. Uh, Asuka, Asuka, in the opening match on the pay-per-view, Asuka defeated Becky Lynch by submission uh, in 17 minutes to retain the SmackDown Women's title. i got to be honest, I was surprised to see Becky lose clean like that. Yeah. So one last thing about the last match that I forgot oh. to say. One of the things that I liked is Buddy Murphy – what also doesn't compete like a traditional cruiserweight. He was outpowering everybody. So he yeah. was putting a different dynamic into that type of a match. So I liked that. Back to this match. This was my most anticipated match. Uh, obviously, like in the Rumble, you're excited about the Rumble. But I was more excited about this match. We've talked about this before. But Asuka, it's like she she came to the main card. She won the first Women's Rumble. It looks like they're going to con- continue the trajectory of, uh, of what she was doing in NXT. Then she loses to Charlotte. Great match if you're going to lose to somebody that's not a bad first loss. Yeah, but then they just they ran her into the ground forever. Yeah, and then she wins the championship at TLC in a way that she's the champion now, but she didn't defeat anybody. Ronda Rousey came out and pushed Charlotte and Becky off the ladder. Yep. And now she, you know, so yeah, she, so she won with help. And it was an even match, yeah. but I mean, in that type of match, even if you won without help. It's one of those matches that is it's crazy, so the winner doesn't have to be the best. They just have to be in the right place at the right time sometimes. So, you know, I mean, and they were they were building that. Becky, you've never yeah. beat me, you know. That was that was her thing, building up to this match. And then Asuka gets a huge win, beating Becky clean with a submission in the center of the ring, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, no funny business, no outside interference, no ha-ha, no nothing. You know, just gets a, a pretty big, clean victory, which a year ago, you never would have thought, oh, Asuka's getting an upset victory over Becky, but the the way she went downhill so freaking far and so fast, you know, it, it, a lot of people might view it as an upset victory. Definitely a surprise victory. Yeah. The way she won. I mean, I, I didn't think she was going to lose the title, but I didn't think she was going to win so, you know, decisively. Yeah. I don't know what I thought. Like, I was, this was, like I said, this is yeah. a match I was most, because Asuka's my favorite, Becky's my favorite. Like, they're, you know, one and twos. Uh, so, th- I mean, this was, I guess you'd say like, as far as women's matches this was a dream match for me. So I got my dream match and Becky is the hottest person in wrestling right now yeah. in WWE at least. And Oscar is hugely over too. So to like to see these two, even with, with them trying to bury Oscar purposefully or not, like she's still hugely over with the fans. So, I mean, I get it in respects to, you know, they knew where Becky was going to be at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and also that she had enough of, um, you know, enough of the crowd behind her that this loss wasn't going to hurt her. And it clearly didn't based on what we saw happen later. But um, I was still surprised to see her loose clean in the center like that. Uh, the Miz and Shane McMahon defeated the bar to win the SmackDown tag team titles in about 13 minutes. It's nice to have a match to take a break with, you know, slow down, go get us uh, some snacks. I use this to catch up a little bit on time. Uh, Shane McMahon's 450 splash was, or shooting star press, I mean, was very impressive, actually, that he used to get the pinfall for the for the victory. But um, I don't know. This seems to me like WWE is trying to build their tag team division. You know, they're, they're hyping how they want to build it and make it something. And then, you know, they're having a revival job out the Lucha House Party constantly when a revival should be champs. And then, they take two guys and throw them together and have one of the tag titles. Um, when clearly this is nothing more than a ploy, a setup, if you will, to Shane and Miz having a match at WrestleMania against each other. Yeah, that's why, I mean, with Shane being involved, I just couldn't really have much interest in this. And he does interesting stuff. So, I mean, the performance of the match, maybe there's interesting yeah. stuff. But I also thought his uh, his shooting star press... 
Like, it was quite impressive that he did it, but it kind of looked like somebody throwing a stick up in the air. Like, he looks stiff as could be, too. Oh, yeah. Too. But it's still quite impressive. He, he does uh, amazing things. Um, Ronda Rousey uh, defeated Sasha Banks in about 14 minutes to retain the Raw Women's Championship. That match was a lot better than I expected. Yeah, there was a couple of missteps in there that looked pretty awkward and and whatnot. But uh, for the most part, it was it was a solid match. Um, I can't tell if if Ronda just showed how green she was last night or the Saturday night with that match, or if uh, you know Sasha was calling it, and it kind of made. Um, Ronda look bad. I don't know. But either way, uh, Ronda gets the win to you know, retain her championship. Yeah. I I enjoyed the whole match, actually. I thought it was pretty good. Um, it wasn't, wasn't like, perfectly smooth, you know, no. like you said. But I, one of the things I liked about it is I like Sasha. And for since she's been out of the, the championship light, uh, I feel like her performance has gone downhill to an extent because she hasn't had somebody to really step up to. So it was good to see her have somebody to step up to, even if there were some flaws in the match too. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, and I felt like they made it believable that she could win the match, even though you pretty much knew that Ronda was right. going to keep it for WrestleMania. So the next match on the card was the 30 woman Royal Rumble match for a women's championship match at WrestleMania 35. And, uh, well, I think we all know Becky Lynch won that match. Uh, Lacey Evans and, and Natalia started number one and two. I, uh, I can't stand Lacey Evans. I'll just throw that out there. Um, so, yeah, uh, interesting thing about this, this match is what one hour and 12 minutes. Yeah, it's pretty long. And I thought they were doing 45-second intervals between appointments, opponents, but maybe they did too because of how long it went. I remember going that long after, the after like, you know, it got down to – um, the final two and everything, but I don't know, maybe it did. This match felt like it took a long time. Uh, the men's felt like they shortened the time between entrance quite a bit from this one. Yep. To to speed the show along at that point, but uh, so I Lacey Evans right now makes me think of how I felt about Velveteen Dream when he first started in NXT. So we'll see where it goes, but I think there's potential there. Yeah. So like I I'm not I, I don't care a whole lot for her but i am interested by her and i want to see how she develops well uh, i'll just say i'm not much of a lacey evan fan yeah i i looked into like who she is outside of that role and yeah. that's part of what interests me she was a she was a marine yep um her entrance into stuff her family background and stuff so i'm interested to see where she goes but as of right now she's definitely got some work to do to be less awkward <laughs> Well, Lana was supposed to be the 28th entrant in the match, but she had been injured earlier in the day on the pre-show, and she got knocked off the apron, and she hurt her ankle. Uh, she tried to get to the ring anyways, and then after hobbling down there a while, uh, Becky Lynch came out. Well, uh, Nia Jax, Nia Jax came out and beat the crap out of her, too, which I thought was great yeah. for Nia's character to just be vicious and stop her like that. That's true. That's what it was. You're, you're, you're right. Um Becky came out after number thirty. Yeah, after yeah. after Kamala, I couldn't think of who thirty was. After Kamala got Carmella got in the ring, Becky came out. No music, just came out. And then eventually, after arguing with Finn or talking to Finn about it, Finley just kind of stepped aside and waved her to the ring. I like that. And then her music kicked on, and the crowd went fucking nuts, <laughs> absolutely nuts. And then Nia Jax was still in the ring, and of course, you know what happened with them. And she gets right in the ring, and they just have a stare down. And Becky just punches her right in the throat. Yep. And then. I'm pretty sure that follow-up was had a lot of force behind it. <laughs> maybe it didn't, but um, uh, regardless. So Becky wins the Women's Rumble. Yes. Uh, it comes down to her and Charlotte. Charlotte looks pretty vicious, too, so I think this is building her back up to being yep. a real vicious heel, which I think was where Charlotte's best. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited to see what comes in the future with this, but... Uh, Becky wins the match. They pushed the, the knee injury angle too long, and uh, it just dragged the match a little bit at the end. Uh, but it, it didn't really hurt it too much either. It was just kind of like, okay, get to the point now. And then right. finally they did. 
Becky wins, and it was huge. Uh, Seth, I'm sorry. I'm a bit tired right now. Yeah, Singles match. Daniel Bryan defeated AJ Styles to retain the WWE Championship. I thought this was a great match to the finish. Yeah, it was. I watched this last night. I skipped it uh, because I was falling really behind on uh, the Royal Rumble, but I went back and watched it. It was great wrestling. Uh, the way it ended with Eric Rowan coming out and the ref getting knocked out, and then Rowan came in, and I believe he so he had like a, a like a claw on AJ, and I believe he claw slammed him, not yeah. choke slammed him, like Michael Cole called it. Yeah, that was pretty vicious. Yeah, like I dug that he went about it that way and not just did something. I mean, you see some like really lame crap causing finishes and when there's interference like this. So I, I enjoyed that. The, the way it was executed was at least interesting, but such a great match to have a, a finish like this was a little disappointing, but hopefully it just means that they're going to have something bigger at WrestleMania. Yeah. I, I'd like to think so. I, I, I like watching these two guys wrestle. Yeah. Uh, next match, Brock Lesnar defeated Finn Balor by submission in a singles match to the WWE Championship. They're about nine minutes, a little less than. So I saw the finish to this match yeah. during the event, and then I went back and watched the match last night also after. Um, and it, it was interesting. I mean, Finn really had you believe that he could do the underdog thing and get the win. And, I mean, he almost had the win at the end, basically. Yeah. And then... I loved Lesnar's face when he locked on the, the Gamora lock. Oh, yeah, the Gamora the there when he was just eyes all bugged out. and Yeah, yeah. so that was, that was pretty awesome. Like, not just that he did it, but how he did it. Um, him just wailing on Finn afterwards. I, I mean, it's making him look, like, real vicious and nasty so people can't, yeah. can't like him. I don't like Brock Lesnar. I don't like him holding the title like he's doing. Uh, it's interesting, though, seeing him have, even though he's winning, having great matches with guys that shouldn't even have a chance against him. I thought he did that here again and made Finn look good even in a loss. I think he made Finn look better than he made Daniel Bryan look at that uh, Survivor Series. Yeah, I think Finn got the best of it. I thought Daniel Bryan still came out looking good, but this was, like, yeah. Finn came out looking real good. So hopefully they actually do something with it and don't just have some fool like Bobby Lashley come out and Ron beat him up. Right. Oh, well, they did that, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. Eh. Uh, let's see here. Next up on the card is... Oh, it's just... Uh... Let's skip over Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. No, we just did that. So it's the Men's Rumble's the final match. Oh, yeah, we did that. Yeah. So it's the Men's Rumble match. Uh, Seth Rollins wins last submitting Braun Strowman. Yep, I was glad Braun Strowman um, didn't win because he is. I was surprised. I thought for sure Strowman was going to win just based on the you know what they've been doing with him, how they've been pushing him. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me as to why they they'd have him win. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad they uh, I'm glad they didn't have him win. Yeah, he's had how many chances to beat Lesnar and can't do it? He's, Numerous. He's not convincing. And it, his whole run, like when he was going up against Kevin Owens, he he didn't look like a face. He looked like the worst kind of heel. He was a bully. He was like we're trying yeah. to ruin Kevin Owens' life. That was awful to me. Yeah, that's not how a, he, a face should be. That's a heel. Yeah, 100%, all so the way I, through. That completely lost me on Strowman. Like that that period of time. So I, I'm I'm uninterested in him entirely, and I was very interested in him at a time. So I, I feel like they've ruined him. Um, this this Royal Rumble I thought was good. We talked about the NXT entrance uh, in NXT UK. The, seeing those guys in there was great. Um, all around, I think the women's match was a, a better Rumble match than this one. Last year's yep. men's match was a lot better than this I one. I think so as well. But it was still solid. It was still enjoyable. And uh, I'm not a big Seth Rollins fan, but I'm okay with him winning it. I'd much rather him than <sighs> than uh, Strowman. I just really wanted to be somebody unpredictable for the first time ever. It just, I feel like, like last year when Shinsuke won, that wasn't unpredictable. Well, sure it was. I just, I feel like I know who's going to win every year. Whether I, I rather I honestly win or not is is another story. But I honestly feel like I, I you know, that I I can pick up who's going to win. When it got down to who it did, I mean, well, you thought it was going to be Strowman and it was Rollins, but still, it's like it's usually not far from where you expect. I mean, last year with it being uh, Shinsuke and Asuka winning the matches. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And it was setting up, you know, logical matches, but. Um, Shinsuke had a great showing in the, in the Royal Rumble match itself this year, actually. 
Um, there's a bunch of guys that did. I really like the fact it started with Elias and that Double J, Jeff Jarrett came out. <laughs> I, I popped big for that. I thought that was pretty great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the Royal Rumble this year as a whole overall. Yeah. Yeah, it was – I mean, for it to be seven hours long and to just be enjoyable. Yeah, and, it, it, and honestly, the once the show started at seven, that those five hours were really enjoyable. And they went, it went really well, and it didn't take forever. And, yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah. Thought, it, I thought it was good. Good weekend of WWE wrestling. It was a great weekend of WWE wrestling. Um, a little bit of news I'd like to share. Uh, number one, the Nigel McGuinness story on the WWE Network. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It's fantastic. Um, it really is tremendous. And then WWE, last night, they had a, they allegedly after the Super Bowl, I don't know what time they put up there, but they launched um, uh the, what about WrestleMania New Orleans? Yes, thank yeah. you. The 24, 24 documentary about WrestleMania 34. Yeah. And I watched that, and I thought that was just meh. I didn't think it was very good at all. The most interesting part was the very beginning where Lesnar threw the title at McMahon. They showed Mc- Lesnar throwing the title at McMahon twice and never once explained what happened, what that was about, uh, why he did that, what was going on, nothing. I they watched a little bit it. of it. And they didn't go back on it, and I didn't want to stay up to watch the whole thing. But, yeah, it was like, that. that's what I want to see. You teased yep. it. I mean, that was the big thing. Yep. That hooked me right in. Like, oh, man. Yep, they didn't talk about that at all. Also, they added 25 episodes of WWE Superstars from 1992 on the WWE. I started Hall. watching some of that. Me too. I kind of miss squash matches. Yeah. Uh, last night on Monday Night Raw, uh, Elias... Uh, was was walking with himself in the ring and Double J came that out. Sounds dirty. <laughs> uh, Jeff Jarrett came out. Elias gave him you know shit on him a little bit, so the Road Dog came out. So that was kind of neat. Then they proceeded to swing with my baby tonight. Sorry, sing the Road Dog and Jesse J and uh, Jeff Jarrett. They started singing, you know, spend my days working hard on the go, but the hands on the clock keep turning too slow. Anyways, it was awesome. Uh, and then, uh, also last night on Raw, uh, Ronda Rousey defeated Bailey in a meh match. And then Becky Lynch came out and challenged Ronda to WrestleMania. Yep, that's going to be exciting. I I will be happiest if that is the, the headlining match. Yep, I can't say I disagree with you. And they're calling both of the... Uh, both of the Rumble winners' choices, those matches, they're calling both of them the, the main event. This one better be the last match on that night. Yeah, I think once Becky, uh, after Ronda beat Sasha, and then they kind of shook hands in the ring or whatever. I mean, not Sasha, Bailey. Mm-hmm. After Ronda beat Bailey Monday night. And then Becky's music kicked on. The place went fucking banana. Yeah, I mean, she's and, over huge. Oh, she's tremendously huge. And then she came out and cut a scathing promo on Ronda. It was scathing. It was awesome. And then Ronda, to her credit, cut a really, really, really good promo uh, right back on on Becky. So, um, yeah, it was awesome for a wrestling fan. And, you know, I, I absolutely believe that Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch should main event WrestleMania. Based on the heat those two had in the ring last night, just staring down at each other, it was pretty freaking intense. Yeah, nothing else is going to measure up to that. And I don't think so. The company should know that Becky is the most over person they have. I mean, it's like when Daniel Bryan yeah. was at the height of the Yes movement or when CM Punk was at the pipe bomb phase. Uh, it makes me think back to when Stone Cold cut the 316 promo on Jake Roberts after winning the King of the Ring. It's just huge. You sit there and thump your Bible. You talk about your Psalms. You got your John 316. That gives me Well, chills. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. I, I've never even been an Austin fan, and that gives me chills listening to that because it's so good. And Becky's promo was so good last night. You've got to go find I it. I will. I definitely will. Yeah. Um, also, some more news. At the end of April, uh, Dean Ambrose's contract expires, and he's apparently sent word to management that he has no... No intention to resign. And that when that's done, he's going to be done with the promotion. I'm very sad and heartbroken. Eh, I'm not. <laughs> Let's see where he ends up, I guess. Um, 
think that's pretty much everything WWE related. Uh, I just saw a programming note for New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was on at 4.30 this morning. It was the new beginning in Osaka and they this morning, and it featured Kushida's last match in New Japan. He's leaving the promotion. It's kind of weird not seeing streamers, but uh, his final match was against uh, Tanahashi, and unfortunately the match was just okay, but just the emotion of the match was pretty amazing. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it, there's a lot of guys moving companies right now, and we don't yeah. know where they're going to end up. It yeah. should be interesting. I mean, we've got, got quite a few. It's, it's going to be interesting, and uh, especially with some of the potential favorites of mine leaving WWE, which of course is my easy access to people. Yep. It may be a good opportunity for me to, to get into like getting new Japan streaming service or something. Cause I'll have that little, not, not more value added right. to it, but more, more of a way to get into it knowing what I'm doing. And then you get exposed to the other stuff and kind of grow from there. But. Well, I will say that uh, like what you were saying, you know, the, the young bucks have been showing up at indie shows unannounced a lot of places kind of around the country, or whatever. And, uh, I'm really hoping they show up at Limitless next March in, in Westbrook. That'd, that'd be awesome. awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So. But anyhow, I guess that summarizes everything. Uh, I'm probably going to fall asleep if I don't stop talking. <laughs> uh, but check out my blog, therustlinginsomniac.com. I posted some new posts over there, including uh, my latest signed trading cards I got at the most recent Let's Russell show. Uh, where can they find you on the Twitterverse there, Paul? I'm on Twitter at Who's Paul. You can also find my podcast on the Nerdy Legion Network. Uh, I have Paul and Michael occasionally save the world with a different Michael. And I have uh, Shell Shock, a TMNT podcast with Joey Galvez. Yeah, and I guess if we're going to plug our other stuff, uh, also on the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network, I have What Did You Watch This Week? A show my buddy John and I sit down and we talk about what we watched this week. I watch wrestling. And we also I don't really talk about wrestling. <laughs> and we also talk about uh, news and trailers and other things. And we got into a pretty long conversation uh, yesterday morning. Um, uh, when we, last time we recorded to open the show, that I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty damn interesting. It was about if we ever we see cable channels switch over to over the air broadcast, like broad like network channels. Hmm. Yeah, because we were talking about you know how cable and the way it's going and expensive and whatnot. So, uh, so you can check out that's again. What did you watch this week? Uh, don't forget, like I said, my blog, and I'm on the Twitter at Superstar Mel. And thanks. <laughs> Talk to you next time around.